listeners welcome to another great podcast session i'm shivani muthiala technology has been transforming every sector especially talking about the retail and e-commerce it has made significant changes you know within last 5 years and this is because of increasing usage of you know whether it be smartphones or laptops or computers or even other smart devices so we all have absorbed the you know demand for e-commerce growing day by day since the pandemic set right so while talking about india the e-commerce market is you know likely to grow by 2025 it has changed the way businesses are being done across the globe now so to elaborate on the same front we have kausambi manjita who is a ceo and co-founder of mason so while it let's welcome our speaker for the day hi manjita how are you doing all good thank you shivani glad to be here today pleasure to have you here on analytics insight platform so uh, first of all could you brief our listeners what mason is all about absolutely um i'll start probably with a little bit of an example um so it's as you know retail exploded uh, specifically during the pandemic and a little bit beyond it um, online right a lot of teams had to scramble to kind of set up their online stores and online presence right um thankfully a lot of great technologies have been out there that has helped people to set up their online store uh, but think of it this way like setting up your store is one thing but actually running your store every single day right where you have to operate uh, all the updates that are happening operate your complex inventories your pricing how customers are engaging with your products all of these are many different operations that you have to run on your store to actually make it run like a business right it's not as simple as just having a website it's a lot more complex than that uh, so what mason does is it helps uh, e-commerce merchants stores brands d2c brands it helps them run their store uh, on autopilot it helps them automate a lot of these updates that have to go into their stores it helps them reduce the amount of you know manual operations that they have to do to keep their store looking fresh to keep their store engaging their customers more importantly it helps them optimize the amount of conversions and business that they can get out of their store um so think of mason i would say like um uh, you know your own store manager on autopilot in your pocket uh, that you can use this automated store manager and actually make your store successful wonderful you know happy to know about mason so you know in the same contest so uh, you know what are the specializations and you know services that the company is actually offering to its clients yeah i think that's a great question right and uh, the beauty uh, you know of this whole ecosystem is that it's specifically i'm talking about e-commerce is that uh, on one side you have great subject matter experts your brand owners you know people who are creating these products that they're selling to us as consumers they're experts right and they are great at figuring out which are the right products where to source it how to package it how to sell it to us right um but on the other hand they're not necessarily technologists <laughs> but to actually run an online store to run an online business you inevitably have to interact with technology you have to own technology to a large extent right so it it's a, such an interesting dichotomy because on one hand you are a subject matter expert you know your business in and out but on the other hand you have to 
kind of also become an expert in technology, right? So what uh, Mason and the question that Shivani you asked is like, what does Mason provide? It provides them a very simple no-code toolkit. You don't really have to, again, learn and become a you know software engineer or a technologist from uh, on top of having to also run your business um, you can use mason to uh, you know uh, optimize your store funnel uh, think of it this way uh, when you are uh, you know setting up your online store your average conversion rate in a regular online store is like about the 3% whereas if you had a old school brick and mortar store and it was doing well, that would actually convert at a 50%, right? So that's the gamut, that's the difference that you have to meet. That in the real world, in the offline world, your store was converting at 50%. In the online world, it's only three and a half percent. So what Mason, the no-code uh, toolkit Mason uh, and the services or rather the uh, solution that it provides is that how do I make sure that my offers my product bundles, my, you know, pricing, uh, the customer reviews that are coming in, all these kinds of information are constantly getting updated back to my store without me having to, one, learn how to code to do it. And secondly, uh, you know, I can run it 24-7. Uh, using the automations without actually having to hire a lot of people to constantly do all these updates of my product bundles, my collections, my prices, my inventory, my customer reviews uh, 24-7. Amazing, you know, that's really amazing to know about, you know, the no-code toolkit that you just spoke about, you know, we'll come to the this point later in the session. So, you know, uh, um, as you also spoke about the specializations and services, uh, so now I wanted to ask you, since yours is a retail and e-commerce company, so how do you think, you know, technology has, you know, actually disrupted this particular ecosystem? Yeah, and, and I think, Shivani, that's like such a, you know, important question today, like how as more and more of retail is moving to online, to omni-channel, to digital omni-channel, right? How is technology helping? Uh, how is technology disrupting also? I would say the number one uh, way that, uh, you know, the shift uh, that technology is bringing is that your customers are coming into your store all the time, 24-7, 365 days a year, right? Unlike in the brick-and-mortar world where, you had certain operating hours, you know, your customers would come from probably 10 to maybe, uh, you know, seven or eight in the evening. Um, but here, it does not matter which day of the week, it does not matter what time of the day, it does not matter what, which part of the year, uh, whether it's a festival season or non-festival season, you are operating something that is 24 7, 365, simply because your consumers are online all the time right and they are on many different channels um, they are finding about your products about your uh, you know uh, products that you're selling online anywhere on youtube on instagram and then they are jumping on landing onto your store from there right so i think the number one for me uh, the biggest change that i see because of technology in retail is that your customers are coming into your store 24-7, right? That itself is such a big change uh, from uh, the brick-and-mortar world. Uh, the second thing that technology is really disrupting is that um, 
on one side your consumers are coming in 24/7 uh the second is that uh, you know which basically means it creates problems right like how do i operate my store 24/7 how do i make my team run 24/7 etc that's where the second disruption sort of starts coming in uh things like no code automation ai your customer experience management products that you have um uh, you know your toolkits that you can use to you know set up different workflows and systems all of those are actually on the other hand helping one uh, you manage your store all the time without having to be present uh, physically second is operate even with remote teams right so the second disruption that actually uh, you know newer technologies i would say or newer age uh, uh, you know uh, features like uh, uh, augmented reality or your artificial intelligence and all of that are bringing together is it's helping you collaborate with your teammates run your 24/7 store uh, which was not possible in in you know a physical world so on one hand it is creating uh, i would say a pressure of how do i manage a business 24/7 but it's also giving toolkits on the other hand to kind of uh, you know uh, operate and become successful in this new new kind of world very rightly said manjita whether it be you know uh, customer stores you know they are coming almost 24 by 7 and 365 days yes is indeed uh, you know a little bit issue but you know we can also uh, look at the advantages it also brings right so and the other is uh, the usage of technologies as you very rightly pointed out you know the new technological trends whether it be no code or you know uh, for that matter artificial intelligence or big data cloud even this are you know helping businesses to ease a bit so uh, you know while coming to the e e retail store fronts you know they have also been picking up slowly these days right so especially after the after the pandemic so uh, we would like to know how mason is actually helping such e retail store fronts to grow a bit thank you for that question uh, it's it's very close to my heart and uh, i think uh, as i started uh, you know when we started the conversation one of the things that i mentioned was that it's becoming easier to kind of set up an e retail storefront uh, but it's of course getting harder and harder to operate your e retail storefront right um and uh, that's where essentially products and technologies like mason can really help right and and the reason is uh, very you know clear the reason is that one your customers are coming in at any point in time which we already spoke about uh, but second also your store is getting very digitally omni channel distributed right like because uh, when you come to think of it an e retail storefront is not just your web store or your app but it's also in a way instagram right it's also in a way whatsapp right because there are also customers there who might have seen some uh, promotion about you on an instagram on facebook they might have seen an ad or they might have seen a, another customer who's already bought your product and has spoken and vetted you and said i love this product that i bought from this brand right um so all of these also kind of become you know extended i would say arms of your e retail storefront right and um as i as i uh, mentioned how it it's really hard one to operate your store 24/7 and now think about it your store is not just like this website but it's all these different extended arms and branches that you have uh, where maybe some even a different customer has mentioned your products and now 
uh, other people, other consumers are interacting with that message that uh, a customer mentioned and are coming to your store or are experiencing your store and your products for the first time. Uh, so maintaining this authenticity, I would say, of your communication, like as a brand, you want to also, as a, as a retailer, you want to maintain your ethos, right? You want to say, always be you and not someone else. You don't want your consumers to confuse you between, uh, uh, confuse between you and other brands. So one is just how Mason helps is how do you maintain this ethos of communication? Right, and there are different levers there. We, you can, uh, you know, teams can uh, uh, kind of encode their own brand guidelines, encode guidelines on how, what kind of communication goes on what channel, etc. Uh, the second thing over here is that this is distributed storefront, so I definitely want to make sure that if there's some back office information of my business that's changing. Very simple example: if my product is running out of stock. Right. Uh, if this T-shirt, let's say, uh, you know, a certain size is not available or a certain color version is not available, how do I make sure that information is transparently propagated back to all these different, you know, branches of my e-retail storefront? Right. It's important because as a consumer, I might lose trust if I'm interacting with a, a brand on, let's say, Facebook. I see a product and I like it. And when I try to buy it, you know, the product is not there or my size is not there. I start losing trust that, hey, they're, uh, they're never, uh, you know, in stock. Uh, you know, they never provide the right information. I might lose trust. I might, uh, you might lose credibility as a retail storefront. So the second thing that Mason helps with is how do you constantly communicate this information, you know, of your, the data. I would say the data of, a, of your business, the core business, and propagate it back as communication across all your storefronts. So one is, of course, operating the storefront 24-7 for sure by automations. Second is, you know, um, enabling a very unified brand uh, uh, voice across all channels. Uh, and the third thing is how do you make sure that this data is continuously converted into communication? So these are three ways that Mason helps, uh, you know, uh, retailers grow. Amazing, you know, uh, how Mason is actually helping other, uh, you know, e-retail storefronts to, uh, you know, not only to grow, but also to sustain in the market. And that's amazing. So, you know, nowadays when we take a look at the market, so as you just spoke about the low code, so how has been, uh, you know, the low code has been very, very uh, significantly found everywhere. And it's really popular these days. So, um, you know, why do you think this low code or no code SaaS platforms have been gaining this attention, especially when we look at the India or, you know, the Southeast Asian setting? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of it is when you, interestingly, yesterday I was speaking to someone and I was, uh, this analogy struck me is that uh, when the internet boom happened, uh, you know, people globally were on desktops, whereas on in, you know, Southeast Asia in India, people, a lot of people got exposed to internet for the first time through their phones. And smartphone adoption was crazy uh you know in in here in this part of the world versus in other parts of the world where internet uh, people were already accessing from their desktops um and uh, this made a lot of disruptions that then propagated back to different parts of the world so i uh, southeast asia india we are unique that way a lot of us jump across 
technology phases to the next phase right a lot of people majority of people in this part of the world never access internet on a desktop or a laptop but they definitely access internet on their smartphones right and that is literally how i see low code and no code adoption uh, right now in this in this part of the world um we are not necessarily a developer first uh, you know ecosystem right um uh, in our schools and colleges in our education system even though computers uh, you know coding are a part of uh, our infrastructural uh, you know um uh, learning uh, i would say uh, learning models but it's not something that is extremely well propagated like everybody is not from day one knows how to code right whereas if you go to the silicon valley etc even young people 9 year olds are trying how to code right it's not like that here and um that's why when the whole no code low code has in some way or the other been there for a while but it's the right time right now when uh, you know people in this part of the world are trying to create more and more they're becoming more aware about technology about saas about solution solutioning and we want to create you know our own solutions right and on the other hand no code uh, globally is shaping up to a place where technology is becoming so much more robust that even without having to code there there are ways for people to utilize technology to create their own solutions right so both these uh, sort of trends are coming together and i think um, uh, looking at like this whole analogy of the smartphone trend i i have a, a strong uh, inkling that uh, over this next few years we'll see a lot of solutions that are um, no code or low code in nature that doesn't need really deep understanding of you know coding languages etc for people uh, at a mass to pick up and create their own solutions right so um, for all that you know maybe in 5 years you'll see a lot of different uh, you know uh, solutions and apps etc coming out of all uh, these regions which are actually built on no code platforms so that's that's actually my vision of what uh, and my uh, you know uh, philosophy of why i think no code and low code can really pick up and is already picking up in this part of the world absolutely so uh, when we are also talking about the indian context so you know uh, post pandemic in this particular uh, in indian setting in the post pandemic era especially so uh, what is the state of you know the low code platforms do you think and how uh, can they actually add value to the country's development first of all uh, you know anything that is no code or low code in nature uh, it basically means that a subject matter expert can now create a solution without having to communicate that problem and the solution to a developer and a designer who then translate it right think of it as if i can cook my own <laughs> right if i have the right ingredients if i have uh, you know a recipe tool kit recipe kit and i can make my own biryani versus uh, you know instructing someone else that i think i want the biryani to be made in a certain way right i think the analogy is very very similar like the subject matter expert the person who knows that problem uh, you know a, it is very hard for me for example um uh, to constantly uh, you know make sure that all my customers who are posting pictures about my products that they love it on social media i want some way for those pictures to also show in my store 
right? Something as simple as that. Uh, before, uh, you know, people could create their own solutions through no-code and low-code, these things would need a developer, a designer, someone, a product manager also probably coming and now designing, creating this roadmap, designing this product, working, you know, coding it, then testing it. Then the subject matter experts will say, no, no, you know, this is not, this is what I wanted. So all this back and forth goes away because what happens is then now the subject matter expert can create uh, uh, the solutions, right? So I'm giving just a very uh, simple example, but now step back and beyond retail in any sphere, right? You will have people who are closest to a problem can create solutions for their problem, right? Uh, without having to translate that solution uh, uh, through other people, right? And that, that's a big, big, big change. And it's a big shift. It totally changes the dynamics of how uh, what kind of solutions are out there because nobody's imagining it anymore. It is uh, my problem. I'm creating my own solution and there are many like me. So they will find the solution really meaningful. So I think that is for me how, uh, and, and once that happens, you know, uh, of course the economy evolves uh, because people are not stuck with the problem anymore. They can find a solution that actually matches their needs, right? And once that happens, of course, uh, you know, uh, if your businesses grow, economies grow and countries grow. Perfect. Thanks for explaining that very well, Manjita. Hope our listeners, you know, will also relate to the same analogies that you have just mentioned. So, in the same context, you know, what are the benefits that you know businesses have witnessed uh, through this low-code or no-code technology, according to you? Yeah, uh, I think the uh, first thing is that, as I mentioned, like you know the experts who face the problem can create the solution. So that definitely helps build the solutions much better. Uh, the second is time to market. Um, you know, as a business, if I have a problem and I need a solution to it now, it's so much faster for me to create that solution or probably use that solution. Um, I'm, I'm talking about creation of no-code products and solutions, but think I've, there's also the other angle of using no-code products and solutions, right? Something that does not need six months development or implementation cycle, something that doesn't need like my entire team to change their process and workflow. Right. Something that is very easy and in two clicks can do things, which probably in, with different non no code products, uh, somebody has to come and implement it on my business. Right. Uh, so the second is definitely time to market. It makes me more nimble as a business because I can quickly find a solution, either create it or implement it. Right. Um, and the third is that it gives you the flexibility um, to also uh, you know, uh, modify your solutions faster, right? Because as a business, uh, you know, your problems are not always the same. Your problem also morph, uh, morphs, right? Your problems morph rather. And uh, today at one size of a business, you have a certain problem. As your business hopefully grows, your problems also evolve and you change, right? No-code solutions also make it very easy uh, because most no-code solutions are very plug and play. So you can really swap out, create, modify that very, very quickly. So as your business changes, as your needs change, you can keep modifying, you know, your solution. You're not stuck with like that one solution that you bought <laughs> for one problem. And now you're like, okay, now my problems have evolved. How do I find this next solution for my new problem? Right. So these are three ways that I think no code really adds value um, to business. 
to very rightly said they you know it really indeed uh, adds a lot of value so you know now just going little bit off the topic so we also want to know how do you see the design thinking intervention in the current scenario yeah i think one of my favorite topics uh, is uh, uh, two of my favorite topics um, uh, you know we are talking about today and uh, design thinking at the very core of it is how do i create the most meaningful and elegant uh, you know um, solution to a problem that is design thinking right and um, uh, that's also a very strong core of product building right and um, I, i think as as consumers uh, we are getting more and more discerning about uh, you know um, what what we want what we need we have so many options uh, when it comes to content for example we have so many content options now so many different channels so many different platforms and social platforms uh, such great creators creating so much content you you are discerning you you know don't just get stuck with that one serial or episode that you have to watch you have like a buffet of options so you can uh, you know uh, really choose pick and choose what you want right so i think content is an example anywhere else like in brands also we have so many d2c brands really exploding so you are very discerning you have so much options you also become more discerning in your choices you're like no i'm i can't do with like subpar customer experience i definitely need great support etc etc i need great fulfillment i need the product quality to be high um, and and so that in a way is when you come to think of it even the consumers are becoming design thinking first right like they're thinking in terms of what best solves my need state right what is the best uh, you know solution to my problem what is the best uh, product that solves my uh, uh, wishes and wants and needs right now right so consumers are becoming more discerning which is the baseline of or i would say which is the fundamental of design thinking is that they want things that work well for them or we want things that work well for us and because of that right um even businesses on the other side uh, of the consumers have to provide great customer experience whether it is it's in their store or of their store whether you are sending them an email or you are actually uh, you know sending them a product how do you implement design thinking into something as simple as a thank you card that you can send probably with your bundle of products that you have emailed uh, that you have couriered to them right um how do you uh, you know engage back with them uh, uh, at different par- uh, festivals during their important anniversaries and birthdays etc right there's so much of uh, design thinking you can apply across the consumer funnel right and uh, uh, th- that's how I, i find it very interesting now that design thinking in the earlier days was more about hey how do you build products and so to build great products you need like design thinking but i think even consumers are thinking a lot about how do they design their life to be beautiful and you know great right uh, uh, through the pandemic it's become even more and more important you care about how how your health your bodies uh, your mental health and so much so you're constantly as a consumer also thinking design first thinking how you are redesigning your life right consistently to make it really good and comfortable and happy and all of that and and so it's even more meaningful and important and pertinent for businesses on the other side to adopt design thinking um, uh, in in their entire business process not just into building the products or building the apps 
very rightly explained about you know the whole of the concept about you know the design thinking intervention in the current scenario thanks for that uh, manjita so uh, as you just spoke about the d2c so what according to you are the trends you know that are going to shape up the d2c e-commerce space you know in the coming years or most likely in 2022 i would have two words for it data and design <laughs> i think like that is it right two two things that will completely um uh, you know be make or break on how brands differentiate themselves make themselves uh, loved uh, scale as a business is data and design right and um Uh, on one side how do you constantly you know uh, design the best experiences design the best uh, products that you're selling to the customers design the best funnel right on the other hand how you are co- consistently also utilizing the data that you are gathering because you're online so there's just tremendous amount of data right so how you're consistently taking the data and putting it back into your design uh, right um and that's where by the way like uh, you know at mason we really believe that design and data have to be connected and that's essentially what we help do uh, i mean on one side of course we are helping customers we are helping e store fronts uh, you know uh, uh, do better business but if you look at fundamentally the core of how that's because we connect design and data together i mean we read what is happening in your business data and then we help you communicate it back which is design right so i think the way that uh, um any d2c uh, brand uh, as it starts scaling uh, they'll see that the disruption their disruption right their differentiation is that how much are they thinking design consistently and how much data they are bringing in back into their everyday operations perfect so and uh, you know lastly what piece of advice would you like to give our you know budding leaders who actually are you know planning to step into this particular space I think for anybody who's uh, uh, who wants to step into any space, um, I think my first uh, most important advice, uh, if I may, uh, is always that hey, you know, it takes uh, it takes a lot of commitment and time, right? And it needs depth. So uh, exactly like when you are creating a great D two C brand, uh, you definitely need. It's not a you know two months short uh, you know stint, right? It's something um, that you need to give that love. You need to give give that attention. You need to have that attention to details, right? And it's the same uh, whether you're building your own startup, you're building your own brand, um, you're joining an organization. I think consistent, and you are the leaders of the future. So I think the primary thing is that it needs that attention to details it needs you to give that time and attention and once you can do that uh, you'll start reaping the rewards right you'll start that your first level of thoughts are always very superficial but as you keep giving that time and space and mental bandwidth and dig down you'll see that your um the way you're approaching uh, everything it gets keeps getting better and better right uh, so i think my number one advice would be it it needs everything that you want to do in life needs your time attention to details right and you need to invest that in order for you to reap the rewards 
I'm sure you know this is going to really benefit all our listeners. Thank you so much, Manjita. It was really pleasure talking to you, and you know hope all our listeners have gained valuable insights from this session. And looking forward to see even more innovative solutions you know coming up from Mason's end. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Shivani, and uh, have a great weekend and Diwali. Great. So, listeners, stay tuned for more such interesting podcasts. Thank you. See you all again very soon.